Well, welcome back to Two Pre-Sales and a Pod, and it's time for episode 71. Uh, I'm Don Carmichael. I've been away for a while, but now I'm back. Yay. And I'm, Yay. I've got Mr. Mark Green, who's here. Hello, Mark. Hello, Don. Good to have you. And Mr. Adam Freeman. Hello, Don. Welcome yeah. back. Welcome back, yeah. So, and we're going to talk, this is a little micro episode, because people like little, even shorter ones. This is about goals, hopes, and dreams, and, and it's essentially about kind of reviews. We're going to chat about that, because there's a lot of that kind of going on, and how to do it right, what tools to use, and what you should be thinking about if you're about to start a review. And we're going to look at that from the manager's perspective and also as a, as an individual. So but perhaps if we start, go to Adam, because you've got some, you know, really important things you wanted to say about this. So could you kind of like, you know, encapsulate that to get us started? I think the starting point is what, what makes a goal a good goal. Um, because I think if I think back to conversations that we've had and my team are pretty good at setting goals, I'll be honest. But one of the things we do is set smart objectives. That's what makes a goal. So a lot of people will be familiar with this. But if you're not, it's one of those things that sometimes you just never get taught or explained. So we're just going to fill in any knowledge gaps to start with. So smart objectives are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and most importantly, I think, time-bound. Because if you can't measure it and it's not time-bound, if I pulled apart the smart and said, mm. well, what's the most important bit? If, if you can't measure it, you don't know if you're getting better. And if you don't know the time frame, you don't know when you're going to achieve it by. Um, the others are probably a little bit more subjective, if I'm honest. But I think if you just apply the smart objective to any goal you make and think, can I measure it? Do I know when I'm doing it by? And then satisfy the other criteria. That's what makes a good goal in the first place. I don't know if you guys would agree. Definitely. You know, we use smart goals here. And um, even if we didn't, I think I still think I would. So mm. even if we didn't specifically uh, require goals to be smart, I agree with you. If you don't have an ability to um, to measure what the what the goal is if it's not if it's too generic it's uh, this it's just not going to work i fall i've fallen foul when i was an ic of reading the goal too closely and only doing exactly what it said without understanding the relevance of it so mm. really writing goals um that create the right outcomes rather than just tick off the box um is really really important mm. I, th I think setting the measurement and the time frame is is incredibly important for understanding well if you miss are you missing by a lot have you still made some progress because with some goals and objectives some progress is better than no progress and sometimes people beat them off because they don't meet the goal but actually you've you've taken a step in the right direction and the goal can develop and advance right your assessment of what makes that goal successful might have been wrong so your goal might be set more realistic goals and outcomes than I did last time, right? That might be a follow-on. And I think some people don't link this time's goals to next time's goals. It, it, I think the other thing with this is that you kind of see this a lot in companies is that if you're going to set some kind of goal, somebody's got to kind of work out how does that actually cascade upwards into, you know, like a declared company strategy, you mm. know, because you can, you can set goals and time and say, we're going to do this and people, and you could, you know, you could tackle that and say, well, hold on a minute. Well, how does that actually contribute to how the, the company 
you know, the direction the company's going and how would we, ca you know, cascade that upwards and say, you know, we're all pushing in the same direction. Now, you see something in some companies working the other way around, which is kind of like objectives and key results, you know, OKRs. I think somebody like Google would do that, where it kind of starts at the top and then kind of works its way down. And everyone is challenged with, if you're measured on something, how does that contribute to, you know, how our team is going to be successful and ultimately, you know, how the company and the division. And if you can't explain that, was well, why was that set as a goal in the first place? Yeah. You know, because it's just floating around and has no connection, you know, to you know, how the company is, is moving in that direction. Well, I think it's interesting that you put the upwards and downwards aspect to it, Don, because we've worked with OKRs before and smart goals, and you can mix them, but it's very hard to set a goal when you when you you don't have visibility of the goals as they roll down from above you. It depends who is setting the goals. If you are a leader that is, I don't want to say micromanaging, but if you're setting all of the individual goals for all of your individual people, you have to figure out the relevance to what you need out of the department for those for those those people and hope upon hope that those goals resonate with the hopes and dreams of the people doing them better i think is to for you to set out what's needed with your department and the and the the goal the overall goal of where you need the whole place to go and then get your people to set their own goals or perhaps a mix would you say um what would you say adam um, I think hope's not a strategy. That's what I would say at that yes. point. That's my most favourite thing. So I know you said, I hope we hit our goals, but that triggers me <laughs> on several levels, right? So um, just just my little bit. As it should, I agree. As it, as it should, because I've fallen victim to that myself. Um, one thing I was just thinking there is, we haven't defined what an OKR is. We just threw OKRs. Oh, yeah, in. sorry. Didn't actually say what they were. So oh, yeah, you want to yeah, take that, yeah. Mark? That's the, the curse of uh, knowledge again there, isn't it? Yeah. Which is, by the way, I even defined that for you, that that because that comes out of... Um, so the definition is you can't remember what it's like not to know what you know now. And as pre-sales people, our world is full of that. Just think of all the acronyms mm. we throw around and in internal language, and we throw it out and regurgitate mm. it all over clients who have no idea what you're saying. And and just before we press record, we were talking about how different cultures cope with that. And there are a whole load of cultures in the world who won't even ask you, even though they've, they've yeah. have no idea what you were talking about, they won't because they don't want to humiliate you. Um, you know, they might not know the answer. They won't even ask mm. you to define it. They'll just back on topic. Okay, well, let's define it then. Yeah, just uh, before we move on. So an OKR <laughs> is an objective. So the O and the KR is a key result. So yeah. they play. Uh, well, very well with each other, especially in one of these um, roll down style objective settings uh, structures. So you need a, a qualitative statement of what it what is it that you want to improve? What is it that you're trying to do? It's almost saying what is the goal, but it's a little bit more specific than that. And then the key result, how do we know that where we've achieved that? So that has to be a qualitative measurable outcome um, to how close you have got to that that objective and that achievement. But, and there's a point there. If if you can't measure it, um, you know, should you be doing it in the, in the first place? Right, which is always kind of, you know, that's a challenge there. But by the way, just just before we kind of carry on this, I just wanted to kind of put a uh, um, how similar this is to actually doing discovery because this is this yeah. is a if you think about this as setting kind of objectives and goals and things like that we're actually mirroring that when we try and do discovery because what we're trying to do the almost the opposite of that is work maybe from the bottom from the top down and find out how do our clients how do they think they're measured 
or how do they think the project's measured? And we should actually kind of use the same techniques, you know, um, you know, an outcome has got to have a time and when's that outcome, what is it and when's it supposed to happen? And how do you measure that it's actually, you know, we use words like success that we pass on to customer success, but it's like, you know, how would you measure that you actually achieve success? So that there are parallels with what we're talking about here. And it's a, what is it? We should be, I've just been on holiday in France, so we should be sipping our own champagne. Oh. As opposed to oh, eating our down. own beef burgers. Oh. Only if you're in a very specific region in France, otherwise it's sparkling wine, right? Yep, yep. Correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so just move, moving the conversation on, so we understand what a goal should be, and there is so much content around that. I'd encourage you, you know, go, go to YouTube, go to LinkedIn Learning, go to wherever, and understand, actually, how do I set really great goals? Because I think that can have such a powerful impact on someone's career development. One thing I would ask is, how do you know what goals to set? How do you know where to look? Because it's infinite. It's infinite in its in its range of possibility. And one of the tools that I think is underused is like 360 feedback. So Don, Mark, I'm not sure who's had experience of even, has anyone had a 360 feedback done on them? And what's yep. it like? Yep. Um, so, well, not on, I didn't do one on me, but I participated on one for someone else. Uh, if that helps so i've got this email out out of the blue um about someone that i kind of worked with uh they were in support i was in pre-sales i knew them but not overly well but i had been selected as someone who this person apparently worked with and therefore um wanted to give a, a 360 view of feedback now as we all know 360 just comes right down round back in the same direction again so why is it called 360 it's because it ends up back in the same place but it is from they're trying to encapsulate all the perspectives rather than just a one directional perspective so that that's really the concept uh, i was asked then about the performance of this person and it's because that leader was trying to understand feedback from multiple different places across the organization about about that person rather than just their own perspective and i think that's a valuable thing whether or not it was implemented in a valuable way i still question i think that's really important as well is that um if you're in pre-sales you're in the middle of this vast network aren't you is that um it's not as simple as you know our customer is a salesperson or, or a client, however you want to look at it, is that, you know, there are all these people around us, you know, we there's probably a lot of us are doing a lot of work with marketing at the moment. You know, mm -hmm. the, we should be spending a lot of time with product management people, you know, customer success. You know, there's a lot of argument these days about, you know, overlap, whether it almost is the same, exactly the same role. And certainly in consumption economics, you could argue that pre-sales and customer success is the same role. So, but we're in the middle of this, you know, and, and there's all these people seeking us out, like say, support um, you know, different parts of the client always seeking us out and we, so we're in the middle of this kind of huge network so that you know that it's really important that idea of how are we servicing and perceived and, and meeting the goals of that network the by the way we should also um point out there's another thing called 180 degree uh, kind of review which sometimes is just taken as um was it the old boss reviews you and you review the boss um, oh. Which can get <laughs> isn't that um, the same thing? Some companies isn't I work for can get rather um, it, yeah. It starts to get kind of uh, everyone gets a bit exercised about. So I think it's a I good mean, idea. We're, certainly, we. I th but I think I I don't think you should be waiting till your goal, the goal review sort of part of the year should not really be when you then end up doing that. I think 
an understanding of am I serving you as well as I think I am? What's your feedback on me? What's uh, should be something built into standard one to ones? Uh, put in the goals, yeah, sure, but don't only put it there. The, I was always taught, I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but um, the, the other thing, any kind of review should never be a surprise. That's number one. Yeah. So yeah. it should actually be, you know, and then certainly in large tech companies, they're trying to encourage, it's a constant, you know, conversation. You know, you should be talking at least a quarter, perhaps even more than that. Is it, If there's any kind of review, um, you know, like a formal review, everyone should have known that this was, you know, this is just a culmination of a discussion that there's been, you know, continuous. What shouldn't happen is you get to the end of the year and go, right, okay, you know, because it's, it's just lazy. That's not how management should work. You know, they, they get forced by HR. They, hey, it's that time of the year. You need to do the reviews. And, and they kind of do a review, and it's a huge surprise. But everyone go, oh, I thought I was doing a good job. Well, well, actually, you're not. You know, that that's a disaster. That should never happen. You know, um, and I think most HR you know, HR departments are trying to discourage that. You know, but if, you, if you're in that world, you know, you know, try and stop that. Try and shortcut it and have you know, more regular conversations about you know, not just performance, but goal setting with you, you know, with your managers and the people around you. Mm. I, I think this is where you get validation that you're smashing your goals. And I'll talk about broader goals, right? Like life goals now. And actually a lot of the reason that we all go to work is for fulfillment, either in career or in our outside of work lives. We go to work to achieve the change in our lives that we want to see and whatever that means to you personally. And so one of the things I've always encouraged is bring some of those goals that you're trying to do outside of you, just your corporate circle into why you're doing work. So, for example, if one of my team want to buy a house or they want a new car or they want to do this holiday or they're aiming for something, cool, bring it in, make me aware of it, because then we can try and help achieve that if we can. And that shapes the company goals. It gives you something to aim towards. But I think I, I'm just thinking about your point then, Don, is some of the reviews they become performance reviews rather than you as a person and you've got to remember that your personal performance is a result of you doing the actions you've taken in the past quarter year two years whatever it's a lagging indicator you know revenue and outcomes we talk about kpis are a an outcome to you doing the right things that precede that hopefully otherwise it's accidental and you can't you know you can't scale that so please don't do that but leading indicators are have I got great levels of empathy? Am I a really great pre-sales person? How do I be a better pre-sales person? Because that allows me to move my performance onto the next notch, the next ratchet. So one of the things I'd ask is, if you have got these reviews coming up and you're not covering it, try and cover a little bit of performance review, but also a little bit of development review because they are different things and the goals that come from it shouldn't just be about achieving revenue outcomes. It should be growth in you as a person, I believe. Yeah, and I also believe that, yeah. It's really really interesting. So we've just rolled out a new system called Lattice. Many others are available. We happen to like this one. And what's what's nice is that the reviews take into account the the quarterly goals as well. So we set goals, we set regular one one-to-ones. So we're catching up more frequently, but that rolls up into a larger thing, which is the 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 Q3 for us, the Q3 goals and uh the performance review. So it's not just a, it's it's not a surprise and it's not separate from that day to day interaction that you have with your team. It is part of it. And it builds both just as you're saying, Adam, goals for the business, but also goals for the person. And um, I'd like to leave us as we wrap up this this episode with a, a key takeaway, which is some of the best reviews i've ever ever received 
um, have been ones where I had great expectations of my amazing prowess in everything I did. <laughs> of course, he says in jest. But I had a pretty good idea of what I was doing. It was great, rocking along. Uh, had my manager at that time just agreed and said, yes, everything's peachy. Where, how would have I, how would I have learned from that grown? He knew that I had pot more potential than I was delivering, but I, but I needed to take that next step on. And so the better thing that I'm pleased he did was to say, you know what, actually, I think you're just meeting expectations here that I know you're good. I expect this from you. You are so good, you're going to have to work extra hard to exceed those expectations. And it was a perspective change that I now take on and try to offer when, when I write reviews, because I think it's a really valuable and hard thing to do, but very much worthwhile. Mm. Don, how about you? Should we do our golden takeaways then and kind yeah. of we'll wrap up? Yeah. Um Feel like we need to get the oracle don to start this. Well, yeah, I, think so. I, I was going to just use a word you had there, you know, perspective as well, which is that um, you you currently, uh, since the audience listening, you currently might be a what do you call it? A big fish in a small bowl at the moment, okay? And it, it's all going great, but you want to progress. You want to, you want to build a career, and um, and at some point as you build a career and kind of move companies, you're going to end up, you know, whether it, your own company expands or you move to a larger one, you're going to end up being a kind of smaller fish in a bigger bowl. Um, and how you measure yourself and that perspective against other people is going to be vastly different. So always be looking for, you know, it, to be challenged, you know, to be kind of like develop yourself. Um, you know, to gain new skills, because because if you don't, I've met people who say I've got 10 years experience and they don't. They had one year's experience and so repeated 10 times. So, <laughs> you know, watch out for that. But keep pushing yourself if you don't, especially in pre-sales, if you're not constantly learning and pushing yourselves, then you're, you're going to be out of a job in a few years because that's not what this profession is about. Mm. Mark, you got a golden takeaway? Well, it, over and above the fact that sometimes reviews seem seem hard but it's because they they're pushing you because they know that you can do that they're excited for your next step and want to help you get there mm. um i would say that don't wait until it's goal review time uh to do any of this stuff make it part of the day-to-day -day. make make sure that you're aligning business direction with each person's personal direction because you have a chance then to help coordinate the two so that you can all end up in a great happy future rather than suddenly find that the person has been working in, in a different direction to you or you want something else and you only get, you don't want only four opportunities a year to sort this. Yeah. You want 12 or more. Mm. So, so uh, do that. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably, I'm just thinking where have my better goals come from, as I've said, because I'm a, I'm a big goal setter in and out of work. I like having something to aim for and I like achieving them and, and, and doing that. And I think some of the best ones I've come from have been from, you know, mimicking behaviors in leaders that I admire and giving myself permission to to mimic, you know, that that's just a side note here. But I, I've always found a way of the leaders I'm working for, and particularly the ones I really, really admire. And I'm, I feel very fortunate. I've worked for some leaders who, I've aspired to be, if I can be half of what they are, I'll be successful, right? I've been, I feel really privileged that I've had leaders I can learn from the human side as well as the leadership side. And I've always asked a similar question and I said, if you were me, 
in my shoes? What would you be telling me? You know, what would you focus your development on? And I ask them to have a level of empathy then to sit in my shoes and go, because I'm a kind of, they can third party it then. They don't have to always give you that very direct like that. feedback, which they don't. You can ask that question a different way, and that can really drive some great goals because they can say, yeah, if I was in your position right now, that's what i do because that's how you can move from those obstacles that you may see in front of you, like I can't see the next role, I can't see how I get over this. They'll give you and they'll unlock that that maybe you can't see, and that will just open up a whole world for you. So that's my key tip is asking that question and framing it differently. Right. Can I add one little last one? I know we got mm. we should finish, but um one thing because I you know look, I'd look at things as well from you know like a mental health thing and, mm. and also you know achievability perspective is that if you've got a big goal and you know it's the elephant thing, how do you eat an elephant a little bit at a time? It's it's split something bigger down into much smaller kind of achievable objectives that are on a path towards because um you'll get you know when you achieve anything even if it's just a you know what i'm, I'm now a tenth of the way there or i'm now 20 percent on on the way there you get a nice kind of like dopamine hit and it, it's good for your mental health just to kind of see that you're on track to something whereas if you've got this big massive goal and it gets too big for you you know you can really struggle with that so set you know it set little goals on the way to something that, that's much bigger and, and celebrate them um, and, you know, that's, that's kind of where happiness is. And, and remember, stress is caused by a lack of control. So the more you can control these little steps, you know, towards it, the, the happier you're going to be and the less stress you're going to have. Yeah, what just, a, just before we hang up our microphones. I love um, how, how we're basically, and that's the end. Uh, but it's extended. <laughs> we love uh, this so much. Yeah, I'm not, I'm going to ask for forgiveness, not permission here. Um, so... Just a bit of shout out. We've got DemoFX X coming up. We've got Dublin and London for those we of you fortunate enough to Dublin sign next up. Week. Um, got some great sessions. We'll be doing something there as two pre-sales in a pod as well. Um, so sign up. We've got some some phenomenal speakers at both sessions. Uh, Don, I know you're doing both. Um, Mark, you're at both, right? I am, but I'm at both and then at New York as yeah. well. So oh, lucky. Next week, oh, uh, Don will be doing bossing, demonstration, complexity, and value proposition. Design like a five-year-old. So I'm like going to bring bring my crayons. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, bring them. There's a, it turns out there's loads of things we were really good at as a five-year-old that we absolutely suck at now. I've, it's just you know, as soon as I started looking at Eat it, there's a lot of things. Bring back, bring back your childhood skills and the way that person, you look the world. Right. So um, you know, check social media for that. Go give it a follow. Sign up if you signed up. Great, and we hope to see you there. Come up and say hello. We're going to be there. I'm going to be in London, not in Dublin, um, unfortunately. But no, it'd be great to see some of you there. Um, Don will be signing t-shirts and books <laughs> and whatever else you've got. Uh, <laughs> Two princess and a pop. He's going to very funny yeah. shade of pink now for those of you that can't see. <laughs> but no, thank you so much. Another great episode. Um, go set some goals. See you all later. That's Bye. Bye. Bye.